Welcome to the Higher Ed Podcast, where we explore the latest developments and emerging trends in the world of higher education. Our podcast features in-depth discussions with the industry's leading experts, providing valuable insights and actionable advice for academic leaders and executives. From designing impactful universities and establishing strong brand identities for colleges to delivering exceptional student services, we cover it all. Join us as we reimagine the future of higher education one episode at a time. Good afternoon. It's Darren Thompson uh, today with uh, AI and Higher Ed Podcast. Uh, we wanted to take a moment to give our listeners an opportunity to, to learn a little bit more about AI. And today we are super excited to bring to you Natalia Franco. Natalia brings so much to the table. I think I would not do her justice of attempting, even attempting to introduce her. So Natalia, let's start, if we might, with uh, a little bit of background and some insights on you. Thank you and welcome, Natalia. Thank you so much, Darren, for the uh, invitation to you and Kamar. It is my greatest joy to be here sharing about some important topics that uh, impact us all. Uh, my name is Natalia Franco. I do um, have a, a background in information technology with a focus in marketing. I've been in the industry for over uh, 16 years, uh, mostly focusing on being a bridge between uh, business and technology, trying to translate those terms. Um, also have a master's degree in, um, I'm sorry, business intelligence, uh, an MBA with focus on business intelligence. Um, also focusing on data-driven analysis, data-driven decision-making, um, and be very eager to, to share those topics that uh, impact us all regarding um, you know, higher education and how technology trends impact them. Well, thank you so much for sharing that, Natalia. Again, we are super, super proud to have you, and we definitely plan on learning from you today. Um, just for our listeners, uh, my name is Darren Thompson. I uh, happen to be in the education tech space, and what I do is work with organizations, much like Natalia, on the marketing and business development side, bringing new products to market, and of course, uh, bringing those products to life as part of the startup process. So we decided it would be super exciting to bring Natalia on today and learn about her world. And what we really, really would like to learn and, and uh, grow from Natalia is, is around AI. So Natalia, there's lots of trends going on right now in the world. We see artificial intelligence almost everywhere. What are maybe one or two important things to help people uh, not uh, believe that AI is so scary. I hear that all the time. AI is going to take our jobs. AI is going, AI is going to replace educators. Can you give us some insight sort of on what's true, what's not, and just some basic groundwork for understanding AI? Absolutely. You know, and, and it's funny that you mentioned that because I think we all have suffered that fear of, you know, AI is going to take the world, it's going to take our jobs, um, it's going to uh, governance, and it's going to get out of hands. Um, and while I do believe that it's uh, a technology that should be, um, you know, handled with, with care and responsibility, I also think it has a lot of positive uh, tasks and a lot of positive um, 
um, tools that can uh, support um, our everyday life and make it easier. You know, I don't ever think there is any technology that has the capacity of taking their, our, you know, the human side of, of it all uh, from us. Um, definitely, it may facilitate some some uh, jobs and it may uh, uh, ease some of the um, uh, ongoing processes that we have but at the same time i think that you know social socialization it's something that it's it's necessary for the human to survive and this is something that it's never going to go away you know uh, through throughout throughout through ai um you know, we saw it during the pandemic, how, you know, we depended more on the technology, we depended more on being, um, you know, uh, at home by ourselves, um, but how isolation also caused a lot of issues, emotional issues, mental health issues, how, you know, we as humans needed to to go back to, to our roots. And no matter how, you know, we were you know, in our homes for over two years. But as soon as, you know, those risks uh, lift up, we were back into socializing, into meeting each other, into discussing things. So I think the human component, it's never going to go away, no matter how powerful this tool is. Now, in the other, on the other hand, I think that, you know, the, relying on uh, artificial intelligence to facilitate some of our everyday tasks, um, it's, it's, it's a great tool that benefits us all, that it allows us to uh, focus more on what brings value to us and leave it to the machines per se to do the recurring tasks that we do and to uh, enhance some of the activities that we do. When we think about, you know, education, there is a lot of things that um, are recurring, you know, that, that you know, the, the history... One of the sayings that we have on business analytics is history repeats itself. The best predictor of the future is the past. And I think artificial intelligence, it's its the, the one tool that help us and enhance that for us. So when we think about the, the use of it, I think that once we use it responsibly, it could be a tool that can ease our uh, task, our everyday tasks that are repeated for us. I don't know if that helps to answer some of these concerns that we continue to continues to have um, around the use of the tool and the, the tool and the, the technology itself. Yes, yeah, so you actually are, are making me feel a bit more comfortable, Natalia. I think we've all seen these movies, <laughs> these Hollywood movies, and AI is going to take over the world. Um, so, you know, kind of hearing that we won't be replaced is, is really exciting. Um, I've noticed, uh, Natalia, um, one of your specialties with bridge building is actually helping companies to understand how to use AI. What's that like? And what are some of the challenges surrounding that, uh, that ask? So, so my experience goes more towards how to implement the right technology based on the needs of the client. And I think that's what um, helps, you know, like improves. And when we think about technology, we also think about an investment, you know, when a lot of these tools um, come at a price um, and a financial investment. And a lot of these companies um, need to have the right decisions to make the need to need to be able to make the right decisions to make the right investments. Um, so understanding the problem that we are going to solve also helps uh, guide these companies um, to understand which would be the best investment regarding technology. And I I think you know with AI it's the same it's exactly the same scenario just with a different technology we now have a new technology that it's being enhanced that is being robust based on the youth you know our everyday use 
Um, and I think that what matters the most and what makes it um, important, what makes the decision important is understanding what is the problem we're going to solve to be able to implement it correctly. Um, when we think about AI, you know, and I was actually at a meeting last week or the week before that, where we were asking that one of the, the biggest careers ahead is asking the right, being able to ask the right questions to the tools to be able to get the right yes. answers. So I think that's what matters. And what is very important is being able to articulate the right questions so that we can get the right answers from the tool. Absolutely. Well stated. I am currently on, in a program that's teaching me how to use or better understand uh, chat GPT formats and, and really how to analyze and, and better use AI to make my life a little easier. So I I am just now catching up to you. I, I suspect I have a lot more learning to do from you, Natalia. Um, with that being said, are you seeing any emerging trends in education technology in artificial in, with artificial intelligence? Yes, I mean, I know for a fact that, um, you know, previous years, there was a lot of more restrictions and there was a lot of concerns, especially for plagiarism purposes, where, you know, a lot of these universities had a lot of concerns regarding allowing uh, these kind of technologies to be used. But again, there is certain technologies that will continue to move forward regardless. And I actually had a teacher um, from my psychology class, because I'm doing my second master's degree, and he said that it's like playing hide and seek where um you know you know the saying of the person who's counting where they say ready ready or not here mm -hmm. we go i think that's exactly the same thing that is happening with ai is that you know colleges have realized and and, and universities have realized that whether they're whether they want to use it or not the technology is going to continue to be implemented so might as well train ourselves to use it appropriately and responsibly um but it's it, again it's a it's a technology that as you mentioned when you started your introduction is one of those uh technologies that is going to continue to grow regardless um so our i think our job is to be able to use it responsibly and to put policies in place that will um, make sure that we use it in a in a good way and not sabotage ourselves with the wrong use sure, of it. Sure, absolutely. And and what what types of AR in particular might you be seeing in the education space? How are are you seeing academic institutions uh, starting to use it, Natalia? So I'm not a, a I'm not big in the in the in the higher ed industry regarding that technology. That's not my forte. I, I'm more generalized regarding industries. Um, but that definitely is a great question that we can definitely look more into it. I mean, again, I know the the regular uh, tools that are out there, and I know students are relying more and more on those um, open source uh, AI tools. Um, but institutions themselves, I'm not entirely sure which would be the big, the strongest. Um, tools that are being um, offered to them. Absolutely, absolutely understand. Um, would you be able to share some insights on generative AI, Natalia? I seem to see that term a lot when it comes to education technology. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, generative AI, it talks about um, that it's the kind of technology that produces various types of context and that this may include text, imaging, audio, um, and even some synthetic data. And it's, you know, it's, 
the way I see it, it's a more enhanced, uh, like a, second, a, a new version of AI. It's the more enhanced version of uh, AIs. And a lot of the companies, you know, are actually um, you, um, using it for, you know, the biggest players here would be like the healthcare, the life science environment, a lot of financial institutions that are very um, focused, um, driven, those are the ones that will benefit the most for it. It actually helps and enables uh, users to generate more context based on those inputs. That's why it's becoming so big and that's why it's becoming so robust. We know it's hard to keep up with the constantly changing rules and regulations within higher education. So Engine Systems is here to help. Our quality assurance and compliance product is specifically designed to assist higher education institutions improve their admissions processes while staying compliant. With our easy to use dashboard, you can track all calls and metrics, ensuring that your institution is meeting regulatory standards. Our custom scorecards also help your reps stay consistent and impactful, making your journey smooth and stress-free. We guarantee high accuracy, zero bias, and real results, ensuring that your institution is always the best that it can be. So don't wait to be a leader in student recruitment. Contact us today to learn more about how we can help you streamline your student enrollment process. Natalia. Very, very curious um, from your perspective, and I know that you do a lot of work with AI technologies and helping people to understand uh, AI and technology. What are some of the ethical concerns that you may be running into or hearing about, whether it's from the general public or potential clients when it comes to AI? Yeah, so funny you mentioned it. I think that is a bit, there is uh, some great concerns. You began by this interview by saying that you know for a fact that a lot of us are very scared about using um, AI, you know, in our daily lives and, and all the risks involved in it. And, and the ethical implication, I think, is, is, is high uh, for that matter, because a lot of us are very hesitant towards the, the potential of the, of the tool. Um, there is big concerns. I think that um, it is a uh, technology that policy-wise, governments were not ready uh, for the growth of it and that they're just catching up to realize what are the um, laws that should be put in place to be able to use these tools responsibly. Nonetheless, I think that governments are getting, you know, are, are catching up and are realizing that it's not something that we should um, allow the public to use without monitoring it, ensuring that, um, you know, we understand the implications of it. So I think, you know, there is concerns, but I also think those concerns are getting addressed as governments catch up into bringing in laws that can protect the users. Sure, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um, and on the education side, I think what's happening is a lot of schools have ethical concerns around how students are learning. You know, when I was a student, I would try and write the answer on the back of my hand every now and then. But students nowadays, you know, they have access to all types of things that can sort yeah. of help them get ahead and, and trick the system, if you will. Um, when you think about education technology and you think about how AI could best help students, is there anything in particular that stands out in your mind, just in terms of maybe safeguarding um, sort of the academic process, 
and really helping to make sure that it's being used intelligently. Yeah, you know, the access to the inform to information sh shaped us so different. You know, 20 years ago, we we I remember in school you, uh, that I used to do homework by going to the library and open those uh, encyclopedias, you know, like actual books and doing a research. Yeah. And when the internet came into uh, play, I also remembered how education, you know, uh, schools and colleges and, you know, from the education field, there was a big concern regarding, you know, how, uh, how much were we really learning because we had the, you know, we were, they had access to the information so easily now that um, we could plagiarize. So we start putting those rules in place. Uh, now comes AI, right? When we are telling a tool how to create an essay and sort yeah. of, getting away you know like it doesn't take much to think about it but i would say something we are unique and our, our form of communication is not going to change so whether you know although it, it may shift and it may be different now with the access to these tools i definitely don't think that it brings such a great concern regarding um uh, the use of it and i'm going to tell you why you know, we started this conversation talking about how the human component is so important. And when yes. I think about, you know, when I think about the use of this technology, it's never going to, you know, it made, um, uh, how do I say this? Uh, try to simulate or emulate some of our, our our sayings, right? It can it can learn so much about us that it could, you know, bring up a paper based on our comments. Um, but we're still going to have our own styles on how to how to write things, how to approach things, how to learn things. And I think that that it's you know that human component again is going to be the one big um, tool that it's going to ensure that you know, like I said, education may shift and it may be perceived different but there is still um you know ways for us to ensure that we're learning accordingly that we're actually enhancing um some task that may have taken us forever you know writing an essay may have taken us two or three hours or more and now they may take less because we can just ask these tools to do it for us there is still points uh checkpoints that we as humans need to do and i think that's the safeguard of education absolutely somehow i know you're very smartly using AI, <laughs> Natalia. I would say responsibly. <laughs> <laughs> responsibly. Something tells me you are, this is a big part of your life and I would be excited to learn more about your world. Um, what if, a, if a, Let me ask you uh, this. If a large academic institution, maybe a university or a college was thinking about adopting some sort of AI-based platform to help with student learning, what types of things would you suggest or recommend that they kind of look out for and make sure that they understand before purchasing AI uh, as a student for as a tool for their students or academic leaders? Um, I think one of the biggest ones is the source of the information. Or, you know, where are these tools feeding from to gather the information that is portraying? Um, what are the different um uh, references that it's it's taken into consideration and i you know i actually as i as i heard you um articulating your question i kept thinking about something and is the fact that you know when we're little and then i'm going to tell you why i'm telling you this when we're little i remember parents saying i rather my kid learn at home than go do it outside without my knowledge learn something right like for example yes. let's learn about drugs i rather 
teach them than them going out there and using drugs without the proper education. I think AI, it's kind of the same. It's better for, for these institutions to implement the right tools that they know where the source is coming from, that they know, um, you know how it's being used. And those are the control points that they can have rather than not having it or blocking it and having their students go other ways to use other tools in which they don't know the source of it. I see, I see. Thank you. I think that that really helps to shed some light on some of the ground floor rules that uh, education uh, organizations that are looking for technology, particularly the AI, this will, will sort of help shape their thoughts. Are you seeing any concerns along the lines of privacy when it comes to AI, particularly in, in education? There's a lot of uh, compliance, if you will, and just curious if, if you're seeing any privacy concerns. In general terms, I do see some concerns and I think it goes back to the ethical side of it all, um, sure. understanding how we can protect our users, how we can protect the privacy of, the, of those users. So I think in general terms, yes, I wouldn't necessarily generalize um, specific um, talk about uh, higher ed in this case. I will just think about, you know, in general terms. Gotcha. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I think what we all are trying to do is kind of find our own comfort in the guardrails um, of AI so that we can make these these uh, appropriate decisions. Okay. Absolutely. But I, but, but I think that it's one of those things that um, we just got to learn how to use it, use it responsibly, educate ourselves into, um, you know, what is the source? How does it work? The back end of it all so that we are educated users of it um, and we can actually benefit from it rather than building these um, tools that may be used as disinformation. You know, now we're talking about the elections and I don't know how much you know about this, but, you know, AI, it's being um, accounted for how to inform or misinform our, um, the populations in which um, are going to play a big role in elections. So we're thinking about how is how are our future governors are going to be elected and how much does AI impact this kind of strong decisions um, leading to even governments, you know? So I think that our, our job as users, whether we're students, whether we're teachers, whether, you know, whatever field we're using it, because at the end of the day, it's the one, technology that is being used across. It's just educate ourselves and understand what is the source and, and use it responsibly. Absolutely. I, I think that is, is an, a very important piece of this. I, I think one of the most um, impressive things about you is a movement that you've recently joined called Women in Tech. Can mm -hmm. you tell us a little bit about Women in Tech what they do and sort of how you are the face of AI with women in tech? <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know if I'm the face of AI, but I definitely can tell you that I'm very passionate about minorities and I'm very passionate about having a more inclusive and um, uh, a world full of opportunities for all. Um, you know, I'm Hispanic myself. I lived in the States for over 25 years and coming from the tech world in, you know, for a very long time, um, you know, I came from, from an era where um, it was very male dominant. Technology was not perceived as something, a career that women would join or would um, be part of. So, you know, I remember in school being one of those few women that were taking coding classes or was learning about my 
motherboards and um, you know a RAM and and all these different terms that at that time it was not familiar for for women. Um, so you know understanding my own history made me realize that we needed more voices towards having more opportunities for women. And then last year, I actually bumped into one of these organizations, which primary focuses on closing the gender gap towards um, this particular fields of what we call STEM, which includes science, education, technology, engineer, mathematics, and now it actually includes arts, and ensuring that there is equal opportunity for all, that we can be more inclusive towards those opportunities. Um, the mission of Women in Tech is to empower 5 million women by 2030 um, through different programs. And, you know, given my background and my own passion towards, you know, um, diversity and inclusion, I thought it was only fair to be able to provide the, that opportunity to my home country. So I joined the, the global organization as the country director for Colombia, and we're actually about to launch the chapter next uh, March 7th, uh, looking forward to bring those opportunities uh, to Colombia and to become advocates of this fight of equality towards uh, technology and all the, career, the STEM, um, careers in STEM uh, for women. That is really, really exciting. And I'll, I'll tell you, maybe this is one of those, those opportunities for me to, to say thank you from the universe. Um, I believe in closing all kinds of gaps, Natalia. So uh, learning that you are on the front lines of doing that is, is really exciting. Um, when it comes to your background and knowledge uh, about AI, it, do you see um, any opportunities for us to close some of the learning gaps and education gaps when it comes to student learning? I'm sorry, can you repeat the, the, the question again? I missed. Yes, yes. Much like um, Women in Tech is helping to close the gap in terms of women in technology, I mm -hmm. um, was curious if you can think of any scenarios that would help close some of the education gaps that we see. Um, a, a, you know, a minority community may not experience the, the same types of tools Leading, leaving an education gap, maybe by the time a student reaches, you know, college or university level. Can you think of any AI applications that might help to close sort of that, that education gap? I don't think about no I don't I don't I don't have enough uh, experience or knowledge or expertise to tell you you know there is an actual application tool to provide uh, you know to to enhance that opportunity I do however think that again this is where I think human component be becomes big and it's about advocacy it's about you know we coming together and ensuring that um, that that we have representation and when I think about that and I think about AI I really thing that what enhances these tools is ensuring that we as minority are also represented. We are also represented by the use of it. You know, the more uh, users these tools have, the more representation it brings. So, you know, we talk about um, ethical concerns a little bit ago, and, and I mentioned to you about, you know, the the the, res the, the, the responsible use of it. And I think the, the other piece of it is ensuring that it's not biased, that, you know, these tools grow to be more and bias and more representative and more inclusive. That only could be done by the proper use of, it, of all of us to it, towards it. So I think the more we have more representation using this tool, the better we are uh, to ensure that what the outcomes are more representative to all of the different minorities. 
absolutely love how you just explained that. I think I, I think there's a lot more gaps uh, to come that we'll figure out sort of how to solve with, with AI. And Natalia, in closing, what do you think is most important for just us as general citizens um, that are going to have to adapt to a world filled with AI? What do you think some of the important things that we should all know? What should we look out for? And what can we expect with fu the future of AI? I think a big component, um, and, it, and it's tied to the, the whole topic of education, and it's being able to educate ourselves and not simply rely on tools. You know, it's like, I'm going to give you another example, the calculator. You know, we became so used to just putting numbers um, to, 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 to add and subtract and, and you know, how how useful has been calculators for us, but that doesn't take take away learning how to add or, or subtract, right? You know, we know that two plus two is four. So when we put it in a calculator and we do it faster, it's still gonna be four, but that's because we know the foundations of it all. So I think that's, you know, understanding what lies, you know, within the tool, what is in the back, uh, backstage of that tool, it's what's going to help us ensure that we use it responsibly. Outstanding. Well, we really, really appreciate, genuinely appreciate getting the opportunity to meet you today, Natalia. We'd like to reserve the right to have you back. Um, Absolutely. You a, thank you. You have such a strong understanding of AI. I think I understand um, why part of your gift is helping us to bridge the gap. So we'd like to thank you so much for your time. Uh, again, uh, Natalia Franco, thank you so much for allowing us to meet you today. Well, thank you so much, Aaron, for the opportunity and, and to Kamar and looking forward to joining us next time. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye, thank guys. You. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Higher Ed Podcast. To learn more about the topics covered in this episode, please visit engine.systems. Be sure to join us again next week and every week thereafter for more cutting-edge insights and practical advice to help you stay ahead in the dynamic world of higher education.